3: Is the scott gibson show i am scott gibson who else would i fucking be it's been a while it's been a while since you heard my voice it's been a while since you felt my touch it's been a while it's been a while we're back i was going to say we're back and we're refreshed but we are far from refreshed we are we're stressed out. fucking box and i don't know why I don't know why we're stressed, we have food in our bellies, we have money in our pockets.
2: But we're stressed, man. You know? Every day, there's another party going to come out. Now they've got photographs of him, he's got, he's got tinsel in his head. Tinsel in his fucking neck. And still he says, it's no a party. We've got professional athletes fucking judo kicking cats. Let's just Let's just address this. Let's just come out of the early rant. To address this. I
3: mean, I've not even got Kurt Zuma on my notes. You know, I've even got notes for this episode. The notes are Joe Rogan and uh, casinos. We're going to get into that in a minute. But let's address Kurt Zuma. If you don't know who he is, he is uh, the ambassador um, from Senegal to America. And uh, he's not. He's a professional football player player who plays for West Ham United in Englandshire. Now, I haven't seen the video. Um for two reasons. One, I actually don't care. And second, and probably most importantly, it's the same reason why I haven't watched that documentary Don't fuck with cats. Okay. I have quite a sensitive and fragile mental state i know that will come as no shock to anyone and i uh, i am an animal lover as i'm sure many of you are and i don't want to see uh i don't want to see videos uh a are upsetting
0: you know i'll let other people watch them for me no i'm I, there's part of me that's uh you know a little interested i want to see his technique
3: because i'm going to be honest with you i have volleyed my cat across the floor A number of times, not in a violent manner. What my cat likes to do is he likes to hide in the darkness of the house and as you are walking, just launch himself at your feet. Now, occasionally what will happen is he will time this perfect on the instep so that as he attacks your ankles, your back foot is moving forward and what you can do is push him along the floor. One, it's utterly terrifying for you because you're just walking through your house in the darkness, and all of a sudden you see this black shadow shooting across the laminate floor, uh, sorry, uh, hardwood flooring. <laughs> I've done it many a time. Coming out of the kitchen, he just launches yourself at your feet, and you end up fucking shooting them the full length of the house, and then he comes running back, and you have to do it again. But I don't know if I want to see a video of someday fucking judo kicking and donkey punching their cat across their, their kitchen anyway he's had the cats taken off him i believe by the rspca i did know the rspca had a militant branch that they can just turn up and take your wains off you like you're a fucking bad parent but uh, it seems to be the case you're gonna have cats and dogs guinea pigs and gerbils up doing the country now on the phone going
2: listen the bastards do will clean my water bowl for two weeks, get in here and fucking kneecap the not
3: so the cats are gone, the cats are gone, the cats, from what I understand, have not been consulted, they've not been consulted, now, maybe if we'd sat the cats down, and said here are the options, you can stay here, uh, he is eternally uh, sorry for what he's done, and you can work through your issues as a family or we can take you to cat prison and stick you in a fucking box that's one foot by one foot. I imagine the cat would go, he never actually touched me. I've got to be fine. I've got to be fine in this millionaire's penthouse in London. I'll be fine here, thanks. <laughs> I mean, who's the real victim in all this? Yes, Kurt has had his uh, sponsorship from uh, Adidas removed. He's no longer an Adidas athlete. I think he's got plenty socks. I don't know how that works. Does that mean that he can just? Surely he can just wear whatever boots he wants. Can he not just keep wearing his boots? It just means he doesn't get paid for it. Is that what that is? I don't actually know what that means. Surely, surely can he stop you? Can he stop you wearing football boots? I mean. I was going to say it's rich that Adidas have ended their contract well. <laughs> because he fucking volleyed his cat across his kitchen. I'm pretty sure there's a hundred pictures of Jimmy and Adidas trackies doing Danny's fucking pedo rape runs. <laughs> How does that work? Does that mean he can't wear... He must be able to wear football boots. Obviously. They're not going to make a barely socks, are they? Barefoot. Classic barefoot style. Eh? Are like the old days. Sponsorship's ended. Um, Apparently, some of the club sponsors as well for West Ham have removed their sponsorship. Can't remember the guy's name. It's another um, West Ham player who'd spoke out about it with Sky Sports News. I say spoke out. It's one of these things where, you know, the journalists kind of wait for them leaving training and then they just attack them. So they've been forced to do these interviews for the kind of car window. And he has, um, he's obviously went along the lines of completely condoning what he's done. But drawing the line at the people who are calling for him to be fired or to be sacked. Basically along the lines of hes hes he finds it difficult that people are calling for him to lose his livelihood over this. When, and he, he's got a point. Well, it's not like he's got a point. What he's saying is completely correct. There are players who have been charged with uh, racially racially abusing other players. Uh, There's even coaches who have been charged um, for their, their involvement in racial abuse. And they're still in the game. And nothing's been done. No one's calling for them to lose their jobs. No one's calling for sponsors to pull out, no one's calling for them to be de-platformed. And, he, and he, is, he is correct.
2: But what he's not understanding is, on a scale, what he's basically saying is, are animals more important than black people? And in England, it seems to be the case. Now, is the cat black? Because then maybe there's two birds of one stone we can get in here. Maybe we can get them done for racism as well.
3: I mean we joke about these matters, but they're bloody serious, you know, poor cat. And and the thing is as well, no again, we're not making light of the subject, but
0: you know, it's a comedy podcast, man.
3: The people who very quickly as soon as the news came out that there is a video of Kurt Zuma or anyone, see if any celebrity celebrity, any news dropped, insert celebrity's name. The video has been found of them violently attacking their cat. Now, if you don't own a cat, right? If you're not a cat owner, if you've never grown up with cats, if you've never had a cat, if you've never gone out with someone who has a cat, if you've never been around cats, your first instinct will be absolute shock and horror. Okay? F- imagine your favourite celebrity, the person who you love the most... Whoever they are, a news story is it comes out that they have violently attacked their cat. If you are not a cat owner, you will be shocked and disgusted by it. The other side of that coin is if that same news story comes out and you have a cat, have owned a cat, have grown up with a cat, have spent any
2: time around a cat, your first question will be what has the cat done? <laughs> That cat must have done something. That cat must have pushed him to the limit. I've got a cat.
0: I've got a cat. <laughs>
3: I've got a cat. And let me tell you, I love him. I love him with all my heart. King Eric, named after Cantner. One of the greatest ever footballers.
2: When the Amazing.
3: That's who he's named after. He's named after Eric Cantner, and he's a legend, right? And since we've moved to this house, he's completely changed. His his uh, he's become far more loving he spends time with us, he comes in for cuddles, he's an amazing cat, but every now and again, he acts like a prized cunt. And when I say every now and again, I mean once a day. A prized cunt. Cats are no like dogs, it's not unconditional love. You know, they think they run the roost. They think that you are there to serve them. Okay? They will test you, they will push you to your limits on a daily basis. And every
2: now and again, sometimes you snap, and you fucking doodle-chop one in the back of the neck, drop it to the kitchen floor, and volley it off the wall in front of your wings. That's what I'm saying. Cuts say my man. How did they get the video?
3: You know. I mean, that's my question. Let me just make it clear. What he's done is shocking and terrible and disgusting, you know?
0: no, if it was to a dog. and then I got God, I'd march to fucking West Ham and set fire to the place. But it's a cat, so there's, you know, there's questions that need to be asked.
3: Has anyone questioned the cat? <laughs> what a funny man. Imagine losing, potentially losing everything you have because of a video you punching a cat. I tell you something, those boys that taped that hamster like the fireworks years ago, they must be fucking shitting themselves. I um did the hashtag live show at the weekend on Sunday and it was wild. it's the first time it's probably the first time it, actual hashtag that I have been completely drunk and um I think it's the first time I've gigged drunk for a long long time. I was not I was in a wreck state I was all excited. I was getting too giddy, and I drank far too much prosecco before we even started the show, and then, uh, <laughs> and then it went down from there. I have to say thank you to everybody who came along. Um, it was it was a great day. I think we've always been uh, I've always been nervous with the hashtag shows because I just want them to be a good afternoon, and it's a it's a four hour long show, which if you've never been, it sounds mental to think that, that a show lasts for four hours, but it does. And, and here's the thing, before it, it always feels as if it's too much, but after it, it feels like it's not enough, and it's so hard to explain to people what the show is, but I can't obviously speak for Mal uh, Malorka Lee, who's the other uh, guy who I do the hashtag show with, and if you don't listen to the hashtag show,
2: where is wrong with
3: you? Uh, it's a family-friendly uh, Christian podcast, um, which you should all be listening to as well, and um, I think that we had become a little bit not bored. Bored is not the right... Bored's not the word. We're not bored with the show, with the live shows. I think we've just become a little bit disjointed, and I'm certainly speaking on my behalf here. I think with the time off from COVID and the the shows that we had postponed... I mean, this show has been postponed for, you know, almost two years. Um, I mean, longer than that, we should have done one, you know, and obviously in 2020. But what I mean is, we, we've actually had it booked three times and it's been pushed back every single time, so... To get this show done was a, you know, was a huge achievement, and it, and kind of sadly, in the build up to it, there was no real excitement for it on on my part, which there hasn't really been for most of my gigs. Um, I mean, after I've done this podcast, I've got a couple of bits and pieces I need to do, and then I'm heading up north to Inverness, and I'm um I don't have the same level of excitement for the gigs as I used to. And I think, think one, it's down to two things. I think I need a wee break. And I know that we've just come off the back of COVID, but I, I do feel like I need a break from, not stand-up, but maybe just a break from thinking about gigs. You know, thinking about, I mean, I, I was sitting yesterday and I was writing down some notes of stuff that I wanted to do. And then when I was going to put it in, I've got a, I don't know why I'm telling you this but I think I can put it, in the, put it in the computer just so I've got notes right in case I lose it because I've lost so many fucking notebooks and phones have crashed so I just everything's backed up now and the stuff I was planning I had a record date on it of 2024 and I thought what the fuck am I doing planning I'm, I'm always planning so far ahead I'm never enjoying the stuff I'm in at the moment so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some of these dates out of the way that I've got booked in <coughs> and then i think i'm going to take a break and then i think i'll maybe tour again at the end of 2023 or the start of 2024 i think that's what i'm going to do and i think i'm probably going to take the rest of this year and all of next year and just focus on the podcast uh i want to i want to build this up to something that i can be you know proud of and something that you enjoy listening to and watching that's the big thing for me and right now I I just don't have the time to dedicate to building a studio to getting this together and I'm frustrated by it so I think that's going to happen. Uh, I've actually got a couple of questions here as well which we'll, we'll do now from the absolute fucking rascal legends because it's kind of interesting that all of them have done the exact same so big shout out to you, Andrew, Barry and Andy Ward uh, Andy Ward and Barry from coming along to the hashtag show as well. Um, All of you have asked questions about gigging Um. Andrew, will you be doing the Fringe this year? Andy Ward, more gigs uh, to go up after May or will that be it to the Fringe? Are you doing the Fringe? And Andy's asked, do you think it'll be the same again, size duration venues? And then has asked, you mentioned before about possibly doing a night that involved Ross Ferguson, Mr Ross, maybe mixing things up after the success of the recent hashtag live. Would you consider doing gigs of a mixture of stand up and then music from Ross or even putting another comedian on for a small set or do you prefer just to do stand up gigs? On your own as as um boys, thanks for your questions, man. All the guys ask questions on the Patreon. Best way to get in touch with me and the show, best way to support the show as well. Um always extra content on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Go to my website, big ScottGibson.com for all the links. Get the Patreon, man. What is it? Four four quid? Five dollars? Five bucks. Get on there, man. Support the big man. Listen to the extra content. Um Fringe first of all, I don't know if I'm doing it this year. Uh if I'm honest. If I if I if I do something at the fringe, it's probably gonna be last minute and it'll be possibly work in progress or maybe just turning up and kinda riffing on what's in my mind. Um I've got an idea of something that I want to do show wise. Um I just don't I'm just not at the point yet where I'm where I'm I'm writing for it or I'm thinking of ideas for it yet and I think because there's so much going on and you know I'm trying to focus on so many different things everything's getting spread very thin even I mean let's take a step back here because I'll get a bit rushed even the gigs that I've got just now for example I've got to Inverness and then we're in Livingston and Belfast next month then we go on and we go on The it just they feel very diluted in the sense that We've literally just come off the back of fucking Sturgeon Lockton is done again in January, and everything is slowly getting back to normal. And it's getting back to normal for me. It's getting back to normal far too slowly. Uh, numbers aren't the same as what they used to be. Things are just plodding along. And even when I'm going to the venues and I'm excited to be back gigging again, and I love doing the gigs. The venues themselves, the staff are shattered, man. They're knackered. You know, some of them are understaffed because nobody will get their staff back and it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel the same, and that's why I think I I need to take a, I need a wee break from it all, you know, just to refocus the mind, come back again, and, and, and kind of give it another go with some more shows that I can be proud of, you know, I think what I want to do in the next year and a half, maybe two years, is look at the shows that I've got, because I've got a pretty decent body of work, man. There's probably four or five shows in there that that I think are good shows. Um, Life After Death, obviously the first one, is my best by far. Like Father, Like Son, I think it's a great show. Uh, Anywhere But Here is a brilliant show. I love doing that show. And then I had White Noise, which I never had a chance to tour. I did that at the Fringe. I did one tour date and then COVID hit. So I think what I want to do is I want to try and do these shows again over the next two years and get really good recordings, you know, special quality recordings of them, so that I have, uh, you know, some some great content to put out, some some high quality videos and and of the shows that people can watch, and enjoy enjoy the kind of body work up to that point, and then you know within that time, start to focus again on. Kinda okay, where we are. So fringe wise, uh, I don't know if I'll be back this year. Um, I will wait and see, and, and obviously when I you know when I decide what's happening, I'll, I'll let you all know. Um, but if I do go back, I, I feel like it's it's going to be a work in progress kind of thing and running through kind of new ideas or trying to work towards something for for building a show for the future. I think that's probably what it's going to be. Um, Andy Ward also asked, I think the fringe is going to be the same. It probably will be, mate. It probably will be. There's a part of me that thinks it won't be the same. Um, There's also a part of me that thinks it shouldn't be the same Uh, from a performer's point of view. um, It should not be the same. It should change. It should change for the better. But that would be, uh, you know, living in uh, a dreamland where that's never going to happen. The costs involved for a performer to go to the fringe are astronomical. Um, the the rewards from it are, are, are outweigh the risk still as far as I'm concerned um, the fringe could be improved greatly with a few simple things and the simple things being cost uh, I have said since the very first year that I ever went to Edinburgh the I think tickets should be capped at £5 and £10 I think a Friday, a Saturday and a Sunday night should be a tenner and I think a Monday to Thursday, tickets should be a fiver. Every single show. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a fucking famous name after telly or if you're just a, a, a guy like me going through to, to, to tell you stories. It should be a fiver and a tenner. Ticket caps for everybody. Uh, but to do that, venues would have to drop the prices of the rooms because comedians have to pay for a room. Every time you go and see a comic in a room, they have to pay for it. And you may argue, if you know a little bit about the Fringe, that you you may go and see people who are on the the free Fringe. So they will get a room for, say, 200 quid instead of paying, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 pounds for a room. So there's a, a variant there. But those who are on the free festival will be paying rent. They'll be paying for advertising. They'll still be spending thousands of pounds to be there. And I do think a ticket cap, a price cap... Would be a great way to start because I think that that would encourage people to go and see more shows. I think you would take more of a risk on shows if you're only losing a fiver as opposed to losing 20 quid every single time. There'll be people who come through and plan their whole day. Um, And I think that more comedians, more performers would benefit from a ticket price cap than anything else. It's getting a bit congested in certain parts of the city as well, they probably need to space it out. I, I even again I'd said for years that the festival itself doesn't necessarily have to be an Edinburgh thing. I think it would be wonderful if the festival just agreed that it's a it's a it's a Scottish festival and took it on the road. You know, I think it would be it would be fantastic if every year the festival moved around. You know, a year on, a year off if you want, if you want, if it wants to be if it wants to remain in Edinburgh have a year on, year off. You could host the festival in Glasgow easily. You could host it in Dundee, you could host it in Aberdeen you could easily host it in Aberdeen you could host it in Inverness you could probably host it in Perth there will be other parts of Scotland which necessarily don't get a lot of Traffic through the performing arts, where you could host it. You could host it on one of the islands. You know, I think it would be really exciting if, say, twenty twenty two, it's in Edinburgh, twenty twenty three, it's in Glasgow, twenty twenty four, it's back in Edinburgh, twenty twenty five, it's in Dundee, twenty six, back in Edinburgh, twenty seven, Aberdeen, twenty eight, back. You know, and just do it like that if if Edinburgh wants to keep a, a grip of it. I think it would be quite an interesting thing for tourism, for audiences as well. And they would get to benefit from, you know, different parts of Scotland. Taking that huge tourism bust to there. I think it would be great. But it's never going to happen, mate. It's never going to happen. So I imagine it'll probably come back and it'll probably be bigger than ever. It'll probably be bigger than it was before. It'll be more expensive than it was before and it'll continue to grow and a monster until it, it bursts, busts and i think it will probably bust when audiences continue to become more educated on comedy i think that's when it'll bust i think when audiences are going to these venues and they are seeing comics who are just not good enough to be there and then they are seeking out the the comics that you know the the one or the the, the comics that speak to them you know i think that they I think that they will start to seek, for what of a better word, the alternative acts, not the
2: alternative in the sense of he's fucking shagging a pineapple when there's a dog made of chocolate. No, that kind of alternative. People who are having conversations, who are
3: talk discussing about topics that are not in the mainstream.
2: Edgy stuff, man. That I mean.
3: But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so right now, as we stand, in, uh the tenth of February. No plans to do Fringe this year. Um, but never say never, mate, and things change. Um, but I've just got the feeling that right now I do have a show. I know I, I write very quickly, and, and I usually do these things quite late. I mean, historically, I normally start writing in June for a Fringe show in August, so I do <laughs> these things quite late. But no plans for this year. Um, <coughs> excuse me, and if I did, it would be a work in progress thing, so... We'll see how it goes, but definitely back in the future. And to, to answer your question, Barry, I actually had Ross support me at a, a show years ago in St. Luke's in Glasgow. And uh, uh, I'd always wanted to have musicians on just because I felt like it was a, a different kind of pace for the show. Um, And I loved it. I would Ross on doing like a half hour set before the show. I would, l- I would like to do something with Particularly Ross, just because he's a mate, and uh, I think he's absolutely fantastic uh, in the future. I don't know what that show would look like right now, but we'll we'll figure something out. But it would be a mix of comedy and music, and um, maybe actually, a <laughs> maybe a a, a a less mental version of the hashtag show is probably what it actually is. Um, but we'll see. I mean, to go to go back to that. Quickly, you talk about the hashtag show. Quickly, again, honestly, to everybody who came out, man, I can't even think it's enough. It was a it was a mental day, and um, as I was saying, I had become slightly, you know, bored of the format, or I felt as if we were doing the same thing over and over and over again. And and although on the day it's a great day, there is still a bit of me after it thinks we're, we're becoming a little repetitive. Um. So Sunday felt like the first steps towards the show changing in a way and the first steps towards the show becoming kind of what we wanted it to be maybe three or four shows ago actually Um, those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time will know that there used to be three of us in the show Uh, Gary had had left, it's just Mal and I and we had wanted to kind of change things before Gary had, had left in the sense of more of a performance in the show and I think we've got into a wee bit of a rut of just kind of being a bit repetitive and turning the same stuff out. So this is the first thing that we've ever actually done some sketches, and it was it was kind of dipping your toe in the water, if you like, to see how they went. I thought they went very well. I don't know if people there that maybe think otherwise, but th- those that kind of gave us enough confidence to think that it can work, and now. Those ideas just need a little bit of more work behind them to get them to be to something a little bit better. If that makes sense. So yes, um, touring shows and fringes and hashtags and God knows what else. There's a, there's a lot coming up, but we will. I uh, uh, watch this space. We'll see. We'll see how everything all develops. <laughs> right. Let's talk about Joe Rogan. Let's talk about Joe. I don't. I don't really know where to start with us, and I'm starting around the thirty minute mark because I don't know how many rabbit holes we're going to disappear during this rant. Um, right, let's start at the beginning. So, unless you live in a cave, you will be aware of the ongoing and continued controversy that surrounds Joe Rogan and his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. This has all kind of came to a head in the last couple of weeks, certainly, when uh, the musician Neil Young has uh, requested that either Spotify remove Joe Rogan's podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, or that they he will remove himself from uh, Spotify. This uh, it removes music from Spotify. Sorry, this is all came off the back of allegations of misleading and misinformation that's been spread on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, by certain guests who he has he has had on with relation to COVID and COVID nineteen and the vaccines. You'll also have heard that there was a, a letter signed by 270 scientists they were sent in asking for the episodes to be removed or something to be done about the spread of misinformation so let's take all of that step by step let's take the first of all the the letter that was penned by 270 scientists and let's just say for a fact we already know this that the 270 people who signed the letter were not in fact all of them scientists or medical professionals Apparently there's a lot of vets on there and paediatricians now. I know that we're obviously in controversial times with Kurt Zuma and his little cat. But I don't think that we probably want to be taking information or any opinions from vets. I think that the day I start taking medical advice or information... ...from somebody who charges £65 just to look at a Doug's asshole, ...is a day I die, it's a long painful death. So let's just put that to bed now. This seems to be another media spin, the 270 scientists. Th- the thing that's getting me the most as well is that... ...this min- misinformation that's apparently been spread on it, right? Because we'll get to the guests in a minute. The, the podcast only exists on Spotify. This was the whole point of the fucking $100 million deal... Taking Joe Rogan off every single other platform. Not do the episodes no longer exist on YouTube. You kind of get them on Apple Podcasts. The only place that you can listen to the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast is on Spotify. That's it. No one else on the planet can you listen to it other than Spotify. It's not played in the news. It's not played into your home. It's not like the fucking Utu- the YouTube album that just appears on your phone. You physically have to go, search it out, and listen to it. So I I I am struggling to understand the spread of the spread of misinformation. Now here's the thing: the three guests who are being cited for it, the three um, and they are medical professionals. All three of them, interestingly enough, have been removed from the scientific community because of their views. Now I have listened to all three of those episodes. And let me just say, they are fucking boring.
0: They are fucking boring!
3: It is a lot of medical jargon. It is a lot of medical speak. But I have listened to them. I wonder how many people who are commenting on this current situation have actually listened to them. I wonder if Neil Young has listened to them. I wonder if Joni Mitchell has listened to them. I I try even to talk about my missus. She hates Joe Rogan. Fucking can't stand them. Never listen to the episodes. I, I was listening to one driving back last night, and the guy is on, and he's some expert, I don't even know, his term is he's so fucking intelligent, he can basically look at bits of ice, and platonic plates, and tell you how old the what the fucking earth is. The guy's a genius. And he's talking about how, he doesn't think that the city of Ad, the, the lost city of Atlantis is real, but if it was real, this is probably where it would be, and this is the time it happened. And I'm fucking blown away by this. And I try to explain it in the last. night. it says there was a guy on Rogan's podcast, and he's talking about the lost city of Atlantis. I don't know why you're listening that shit. He's a fucking monster. Having never listened, now, this is probably the problem that we're in. That we are that we are all passing judgment on everybody by third party information. So, the three episodes, what I took from the theorem is that none of these people are saying not to be vaccinated. That's the first interesting part. In fact, all of them, all of the men are vaccinated. They are not saying you shouldn't get the vaccine. The point being is that there are other forms of treatment and ways to handle COVID 19. The three of them, their arguments being that. There are other forms of treatment. This Ivermectin is the one that seems to keep coming up and keep coming up. It's the one that's been passed off as a horse tranquilizer. It's the one that if you even mention your fucking left wing uppity pals, like, oh my God, like, you've been listening to Joe Rogan. It's been used in India. It's been used in Mexico. It's been used in parts of mainland Europe. It is, uh, from what I can understand, again, from these men who are educated men in their field, It's a valid response to treatment. Some of the points that are raised in it are very interesting. Some of the points that are raised in it, I would say, would develop another discussion on their own. For example, why is there no other form of treatment offered? Why is it a simple case of getting people on ventilators and nursing them through the illness? Why are we not looking at forms of treatment? How are we two and a bit years in and all we have is a vaccine but we don't have any other form of treatment? I am vaccinated, both vaccines, boosted up. How far down the line does that go? Now, listen, I get it that the technology existed, everything was pushed through quickly. I get that. So you're going to have, as information grows about the the strains and the mutation, you may have to get another vaccine. You may have to get a booster. I fully get it. I'm not one of these people that's like, well, I, I'm now getting another jag. They had their chance and they fucking blown it. I get it. Things change. Things develop. More information comes up. I just, I just, um, I find it hard to understand that no one has yet brought out another form of treatment. Do you know what I mean? Like, no no one has has developed, not a vaccine, but a treatment for it. The whole COVID thing, I know everybody's fucking bored shitless of it, but it is very interesting that we are in a time now where if you are against the vaccine, you are literally an outcast in society. You could be a highly educated, a highly educated person, fully understand the virus, the vaccinations inside and out, make that decision not to be vaccinated, but without knowing any other information about you as a person, your views, your your situation, your, your social standing, without knowing anything about you, if someone says you're an anti-vaxxer, you are tarred with this brush that you are in some way mentally ill, or against fucking society it is odd how it's taken a very short time to get this mindset and for this almost way that it's it's you are able to attack people and it almost goes to the point where well it does it doesn't almost it goes to the extreme where even if you falter
0: slightly from what is the common line of thinking you're considered to be some kind of fucking renegade. Or you're considered to be a danger.
3: Even if you were to sit and say for a minute, listen, I think the vaccines are great, we should all get our boosters, but maybe we should start to look at another way in which we actually treat this condition.
0: Oh, how dare you, heathen! Heathen!
3: Even to to, to step slightly from what is regarded as With kind of common thought. You're almost branded an anti-vaxxer. I I find all this Joe Rogan stuff utterly fascinating. Because like I said, I've I've listened to the so-called controversial guests. And as far as I'm concerned, none of them are controversial at all. None of them are controversial. But yet here we are with people like Neil Young and Johnny Mitchell, and you know what? I don't fucking care. Neil Young's wanting to talk, did he not sell his back catalogue as well to some investment company for $150 million? So what the fuck is this guy talking about? What are the any of them talking about? I think what most of the mu- musicians that are fucking bumping their gums now about Joe Rogan is that they are dying. They're dying. And they don't like it. They, they've had an industry that you know historically probably pre-90s you had musicians making millions of dollars from their music now because nobody buys albums anymore all right they maybe buy vinyl but i imagine most of that goes to the record label and the musician finds very little and now they've got a guy who's been paid $100 million to bring his podcast to the streaming platform that was set up for music. And they're getting half a pence for every stream. I imagine that's their gripe. I don't imagine it's Joe Rogan. I don't imagine Neil Young's listening to any of Joe Rogan. And do you know the, uh, the other thing as well that all these musicians are banging on about? People are forgetting that the Joe Rogan's podcast is the number one podcast on the planet. It's not just a good podcast. It's not just something that's big in America. It's the biggest podcast on the fucking planet. Obviously the Scott Gibson shows number two. The biggest podcast on the planet. I find it quite an interesting listen. I don't particularly like Joe Rogan as a comedian. I don't find him funny at all. But I do like him as a podcast host. And I like him as a podcast host because he lets his guests speak. There's, if, if you've ever listened to the interviews, you'll often find there could be sometimes 20, even 30 minutes will pass and all you have listened to is the guest talk on a subject. And I like that. I like that it's long form. I like that they're two, three hours plus sometimes. And I like that the person who is on goes into great detail the subject matter or the topic that they are there to discuss. Sometimes Joe gets it wrong with some of the questions he asks the things, but nine times out of ten the guests will push back on it or correct them or vice versa. The other thing I'll say about these controversial guests as well is, I did find it quite interesting that each of them, on the three separate occasions, a point was made that, someone had been asked to come and debate them on number of occasions with regard to their view and to that point up to the point of recording no one was willing to take them up on that offer now if you can just detach yourself from the system for a second if you can just bring yourself out of the fucking matrix to actually look at this if you have three men three doctors three learned scientists who are apparently a danger and controversial Why is it that no one from the so-called scientific community, why is it no one from that 270 signatures, why would none of them step forward and debate them on their ideas, their findings and their facts? Why will no one debate them? I find that interesting. And now Joe Rogan's obviously getting attacked on all fronts, and uh, they, they've now leaked that video <laughs> I'm saying the N-word over and over and over again. I mean, when I was watching that, I did think, oh, in the name of fuck, Joe. In the name of fuck, Joseph.
0: They're really trying their, they're really trying their best here to get him done. Right, what has he been saying about COVID? But what he's saying is, he's he's, he's got these fucking guys on, right? One of them's actually been chucked off Twitter because, what was he saying on Twitter? Well, he was saying that fucking Kurtzuma's cat's a bastard. You're joking. No, he said that Kurtzuma's cat is a bastard, right? But you know what else he also said? He also said that his fucking study group... They've been working on treatment done in Florida with ivermectin, right? And they had like a 97% success rate. And he said, this is what he said. What did he say, Sandra? He said, the bastard, the bastard says that see if you get to the point where you're actually put on a ventilator because of COVID-19, the damage that that can cause to your lungs long term is fucking irreplaceable at that point. So what he's trying to suggest is that they should look into some kind of treatment so that when you actually contract the virus, there's like a tablet or some kind of medication you can take at that point of testing positive so that you don't develop further symptoms. I mean, that's fucking shocking to be seen. shocking. So what we're going
3: to do about it, well, we're going to get him flung off Spotify. Right, because I know that he had, sometimes he's got like Joey Diaz and all that, and he's talking about like Succa de dead funny
0: and all that. And see the one when he had that boy on him, was like a cave diver. And remember that episode when the wee lassie from fucking North Korea and she was talking about the boy in the street eating his all shite and flies crawling at his arsehole. I mean, that was fucking harrowing. But anyway, I'm not talking about those episodes. I'm talking about the one we saw about COVID. There's no right. So listen, we're going to get him taken off, okay? Now we've tried everything. Nothing's working. So now what we're going to do is we're going to release this video of him saying the N-word over and over again and hopefully that should be it because you know they can't handle racism over there.
3: I wonder who it was that put that video together and I wonder if they got to 10 times I wonder if they got to him saying the end word 10 times and went fucking hell he's dead he's buried he's dead and buried Jesus Christ that's enough and he went well there's another <laughs> there's another 40,000 hours of tape." off well, I mean surely can he keep <laughs> surely can he keep saying the end word over and over again oh, let's just listen to him anyway and then they end up they end up with like a fucking twenty-minute
0: video <laughs> They must have been going. How many times
3: has this guy seen the head world <laughs> Oh man, it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a difficult situation. But then again, that that's stone not going to be enough to stop him. I. I I don't know how many times people have tried to cancel Joe Rogan and I I just, honestly, I find it all fascinating because I, I don't believe that he is out with an agenda. I really don't. And I know that some people do. I know a lot of people do. But then ask yourself, what is his agenda? What is he trying to achieve? I generally think the man is just trying to have to make a podcast. I think he's just trying to have interesting discussions with interesting people and that's it. I think people don't like him because he is a very successful man, and he's a successful man that doesn't fit the mold of what we allow successful people to be. He is a he's a hunter. He's very open about hunting. People don't like that. He's open about cannabis, marijuana, drug abuse. People don't like that. He's got some what people may say old fashioned views. I necessarily don't think that he has,
2: and a lot of occasions, but people don't like that either. People don't like that he's a wee guy who fights, and hunts, and pumps birds, and has batter, and says the n-word, infinite, and takes horse tranquilizers, and cunts don't like it, and he's fucking loaded, and the lot I'm not having this at all. I've also seen videos of him doing those fucking leg kicks in the machines, I tell you something, I'd be watching my mouth if I was you doing Joe Rogan, man, because if you see if you get one of them, whack, whack, in the back of the legs, Jesus, that's gonna sting.
3: I'm sure Neil Young's alright with his hundred and fifty million that he got selling off his back catalogue. Um and then obviously demanding his music to be removed, only to find out he doesn't actually own the music and he's got to go begging to Warner to see if Warner all day in my favour and take it off.
2: Yeah, listen guys, Neil Young here. Any chance getting my music look, I know I've went I'm not I'm no normally on Twitter, right? My daughter set me up an account and I was like, who the fuck's that's Joe Rogan? Can't man, I don't even like elk. Anyway, any chance I take my music off. Now I know I sold it to that fucking investment firm for $150 million and technically I don't own the rights to any of my music but any chance you can just take it right off Spotify for us as, as a personal favour. But with that? Go fuck myself? Okay, understand, not a problem. Johnny, Neil, uh, Johnny, they'll not take my music off because apparently I don't actually own my music because I sold it to an investment firm for 150 million. I'm now building uh, affordable housing outside New York, actually driving up housing prices so that young people and families can't go in the housing market inside New York in the greater New York area, forcing them further and further from their homes and where they grew up. But anyway, 150 million in my bank, so I can't get my music off. Any chance you can get your fucking mad shite wank music off, Johnny? Come on, what? Go fuck myself. Okay, Johnny. So who knows what will happen? Well, I know what will happen. He'll keep doing it.
3: He'll keep going. Eventually, COVID will die down, and people will forget all about this.
2: You can't fucking cancel Joe Rogan, man. It can't be done. You've probably got to ask yourself, actually, what would he have to do
3: to get, to get cancer? Rogan is kind of like Trump now remember when Trump said he could shoot somebody in like Times Square and nothing would happen to him that's, that's probably the level of fame that Rogan's got to now it is mad to think like what the like it has become the biggest show on or the biggest podcast on the planet and I do think that is down to the guests. I think that it's because he has people on that no one else really has on he has opinions and views that people don't have on he, he In an odd way, the world would would be a better place if we all listened to the Joe Rogan podcast.
0: And the people, if you know people who are like, I fucking can't stand Joe Rogan podcast, it's awful, just ask them why. And they'll probably very quickly be unable to explain why.
3: The the guests that are on it, I always find the guests on it are quite interesting. I I usually listen to some of the comics that are on it, if if I like them, and I'll try and drop in and out of the ones that I, I think might be quite interesting subject matters. Like I've said before, the guy who was on talking about ancient Egypt, man, it fucking blew my mind. And I would never have heard that conversation anywhere else. You know, the 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 guy who I started listening listen to now is a fucking four hour episode, so I'll get to it eventually. But like I said, the guy who I was listening to last night, he's talking about the age of Earth, the, the beginning of, of uh time stamps for, for for dating things. He's talking about the, the shift in the planes, this uh, he's talking about the ice age and the, and the, the vastness of the ice age how, how quickly part of the ice melted over time and he's getting all these different details and how they think it must have been an asteroid or, or something crashed from, it, uh, from space because there was no way that It could have generated so much power or heat or energy to melt such a large bit of ice so quickly. Then he goes on to talk about the lost city of Atlantis and how it's dated to this bit and here's how we can date it back and he references this and references that and if it was going to be somewhere it's probably off the coast of Nova Scotia and you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And it's interesting. It's fascinating. And conversations and... Information that I would never have heard anywhere else. I'm not going to go. To the guy saying I've got a podcast and I do. I've do twelve episodes, two hours each, twenty four hours in the lost city of Atlantis. I'm not going to go and listen to that. But I'll listen to you on Rogan for three years.
2: Who noise man.
3: I do think. I think we need to get back to the point of having discussions. And I think we need to try and get humanity back to the point where. Everyone understands it's okay to be offended and it's probably good that you are offended because it instills beliefs into you. If you are offended by something, it's a good thing because you think, do you know what? I am actually offended by that, and I'm offended by it because it goes against what I believe, and that's a good thing. If you're being offended for offended sake, you're a fucking cuck asshole. It's good to be offended gets you dolphins endorphins going, makes you feel alive, right? And see if you're offended by something, turn it off, move away, don't have anything to do with it. That's what being an adult is. But it's also very good to have discussions on things. For example, again, and I'm only bringing this up because I listened to it last night, uh, driving back, the guy who's on talked about the Lost City of Atlantis, they are talking about the two massive, basically during the ice age, these two huge blocks of ice, that almost covered the whole part of North America, uh, and upwards was then a massive part in the south, right? So they, basically, the whole fucking planet is just ice. And it talks about the evolution of man and 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 the 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 birth of humanity, and and they talk about the way in which the first of our people on the Earth moved down and how they moved from you know being hunter gatherers to kind of almost agricultural, where they would set up. Uh, camps, and they would build lives, and blah, 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 and he goes great detail. And one of the controversial things in their area of science is how the Ice Age stopped or how the ice started to melt. Because it would obviously need an incredible amount of energy, an incredible heat source in order to do that. Some people were arguing it was the sun, some people argue arguing it other things. Their argument was that there was some kind of asteroid or something that collided, you know, fell from space, hit Earth, a number of these collisions over a period of time, which would have generated enough heat and enough energy to melt this large chunk of ice where they then saw these development of the human race, right? And the interesting thing about the discussion was that when they had the initial conversation a few years ago, there was a scientist who was brought on to debate the opposite side, the opposite thinking. So basically coming on to say, what you're saying is false and here's why it's false. And then during that conversation the the guy who's there to oppose them actually comes right to there <coughs> where I absolutely just shut myself. I would a dug back to me. I had to I had to stop for a second because I actually my soul my soul left my body there. I was in I was in full flow. But some guy changed his mind and how it's important that we should actually start to listen to people with an opposite view for ours because we can learn from it. And maybe on a number of occasions you might actually actually change your way of thinking. And now it just barked because I think the postman was outside and I fucking shot myself. My soul left my body. And in that moment, I understood why Kurt Zuma kicked his cat. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely shat myself there. I, I love the two magic bits, I love my dog to bits, as any of you got dogs will, I wish, the only thing i changed him, I wish he was a quiet dog, I have some friends, and their dog is silent, you could, somebody could come to the door, somebody could kick the door in, the fucking drug squad, could put his front door in, police get down, and he wouldn't make a sound, and this fucking, he's gone again <laughs> right we're going to end this episode apologies team it's Just one of the episodes you know it's Just one of the episodes we're back in it had a couple of weeks off, uh and we're back in the groove enjoy it and uh I'll, I'll speak to you so very soon this is what What an end what an end to the show anyway uh have a great week and uh, question topics get in touch uh Podcast for the rascals out this Sunday on the Panthereon, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. And uh if you're coming to Inverness, I will see you tonight. Um Aye, that's it. Again, the website for tour dates, big scottgibson.com, and I will see you all on the road very soon. Quickly checking notes. Anything I have to mention, I don't think so. Aye, go to the website, big We are in Inverness tonight, and then we are in Livingston, and then Belfast, and uh, the Noon, and Crief, and Edinburgh, and some other places, and some other dates are going to be coming up as well, so get on the website and check them out, and I'll see you on the road uh, very, very, very soon, Uh, so you go, one odd episode, one odd episode man, it's just good to be back to recording, and again, Another example of why we have to get a studio built, probably, if I'm being honest, it isn't going to work in the house this time. We're going to have to get an actual studio in a location somewhere that we can go to and be away from everybody. No howling dogs, no judging partners, just away so there's no distraction and no noise and we can record the podcast. Just locked away in a soundproof prison and broadcast... The rants on a on a, on a daily a daily basis is too much on a weekly basis to the uh, to the masses. Anyway, enjoy it. Take care of yourselves. This episode, man, we just need to end this now. We just need to end this episode now because this has been it's been a wild one, you know. So go out there, spread the good word, have a laugh. Listen to Joe Rogan, uh, you know, fight the good fight. Don't say the N word. Don't kick your cat, and uh, you know, be safe. Right. If you are gonna have a square goal with any of your pets, don't film it. All right, don't film it, uh, or pick a pet no one cares about. Right? If you if you know you're an aggressive person, you know buy something a, a goldfish, uh, a stick insect, get a get a pet moth. If there was a video of uh, Kurt Zuma gold kicking a pet moth, nobody would care. So just bear that in mind. All right. Uh, all the best. Dude. We're ending this. We're ending this. Dude. What a weird episode. That's the last two episodes have been odd. Gibble. Give yourself a shake, big man, and come back stronger next time. Okay? Good. I'm glad we had this chat. Take care. Stay safe. Wash your hands and your arsehole. Get a booster. See you soon. Onwards.